have Representative David Tyson Smith on this week's for new gurus. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director of Renew Missouri, James Owen, coming to you live on tape from my undisclosed location here in Columbia, Missouri. Also joining us today, presumably from his undisclosed location in Columbia, Missouri, is Representative David Tyson Smith. Uh, Representative, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm fantastic, James. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, I've been wanting to have you on for a while now. I find you to be a very interesting, engaging person, and I don't say that about all our guests, so I'm not kissing up. (laughs) Um, But tell us a little bit, you know, I'm always interested in getting all lawmakers on our show, not just to talk about uh, energy, but to kind of talk about the legislative experience. And your your experience, you were, you kind of... um, so this is what what district are you in now? I think it might have changed, didn't it, from when you started? Yeah. So when I initially came into the house, I was in District 45, which was, right. you know, kind of central Columbia, downtown, um, East Campus, Mizzou. Mm-hmm. They they redistricted after I was in for about a year or so. And so it's it's now my district is mainly north of Business Loop, up by kind of I-70 East and West. So it goes west. Ah. All the way out to like Valley View subdivision, then goes east all the way out to by like Clark Lane. So it's okay. it's the northern part of Columbia now. Okay, and you you kind of it was a it was an opening. Uh, is it was it because Kip Kendrick left to go work for the state senate? Is that when that became open? Right. So um, Kip Kendrick was going to transition over to the senate side. And so there was going to be an open seat. And so I, I threw my hat in the ring and ran. You know, I was planning on running anyway in 22. Oh, I knew I mean, okay. yeah, I wanted to <clears throat> run anyway. Um, but, you know, when it's further down the road, it's a little easier. You know, there I've got a year or two or whatever. But then it came open like suddenly. And I remember, you know, how this, how this game works. I was at my office. I'm leaning back in my chair looking at my phone. And I saw the news alert that Kip was going to, um, there was going to be an open seat because, again, he was going to transition over to the Senate. And so this, it was going to be immediate. And so I had to make a decision within like 10 days, to, you know, to announce. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do this. Because, you know, if you don't, someone else will announce. Yeah. So was, I had this pit in my stomach because I knew that now's the time. <laughs> like it, I was going to have to make a decision like right now. Yeah. And so I took a long weekend, you know, prayed about it, talked to friends, family and and announced and got in. And you were, I mean, kind of. The way it works in Missouri for people who I don't know if we've ever had anybody who kind of went through this process on the show, but the central committee, you you are a Democrat, you are in the Democratic yeah. Party. Uh, the central committee will meet and uh, put forward a, a name of someone to run in a special election. Is that how that worked? Right. So what happened is, you know, I let the central committee know that I was interested. And then there was two other candidates that also expressed yeah. interest. So we kind of had our own little you know, form forms amongst ourselves, kind of like debates, those type of things. And then they would vote on who they wanted the candidate to be. So even though they chose me for the Democratic nomination, you know, you we still had to go through forums and Q and A's and several different things like that with me and the other candidates um, before they would vote on one of us. So there's three of us total. 
And oh, I was yeah. fortunate. Right. Yeah. So you're fortunate. I'm sorry. I kind of. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to make it through, to make the cut, to get nominated. And then I was, so as I was nominated, then I had a general election oh. uh, against uh, another individual. And uh, then I, I won that general election. Oh, I didn't realize you had a general election opponent. That's kind of one of those. I mean, it was, and I assume is kind of a very, it's a pretty, uh, excuse me, safe seat. Is it not? Uh, you know, once you yeah. win the primary, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of decided, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, um, especially then I think the 45th was maybe even, you know, 70% democratic or something along those lines. So if you yeah. can get to the, get the nomination, you're in pretty good shape. My district now is not so, um, uneven it, it's i think my district now is you know over 40 percent republicans in it but it's still uh, a democratic seat yeah uh well i mean a lot of people talk about boone county being you know kind of the they always say the people's republic of boone or that used to be like kind of an old joke but uh you know once you get outside of the city limits of columbia <laughs> i mean it's 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 i mean you know like depending on how those maps are drawn it can be competitive right. up here oh absolutely and you know so i was concerned because while they were working on the map. So you don't know. So you get in, but you know redistricting yeah. is coming. So, and you don't know what the map's going to look like. So there's this uneasiness with everybody. There's this tension, I think, for all legislators because you don't know if you're going to get drawn in with somebody else, where yeah. you're going to get drawn into. And one of the preliminary maps, they had drawn me up into Hallsville. Oh, and so it was like a spoke. It kind of went up from Hallsville down uh, to where my house is. So that, it ultimately did not end up that way, but that was my concern that I was going to get drawn out of my district entirely. Yeah. Yeah. For our listener, uh, you know, out of the five of you who don't know, um, <laughs> uh, the legislative maps are drawn, redrawn every 10 years. Uh, there's a census done. 2020 census was, uh, was conducted. The results were released. And then based on the population and the shifts, uh, the, uh, the state will draw new maps for the house and the Senate and Congress. Um, and sometimes that can lead to some, uh, funny business. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there were, uh, reps that got drawn in together and yeah. had to run again. Yeah. Uh, which was bizarre and created a lot of tension. Some sure. people would hide and say, Hey, you know, you take this all. I mean, there was some, um, strategic decisions made. I think you might've had a case where someone might've said, Hey, look, you take it. I'm going to run over here. Right. But there were at least, I, I know one situation where two people were drawn in together and they had to run against each other. And even in Columbia, it kind of affected some of the primaries. It got yeah. kind of weird here with that as well, because people didn't realize they were going to be face facing off. Yeah, I uh, I think that was in my district, where uh, which is now represented by Adrian Plank. Uh, he had kind of a situation like that, where I think his primary opponent was thinking she was going to be running in a different district. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So you... Um, so you survive, <laughs> you survive all the politics of being selected by the central committee, right. survive your general election, uh -huh. survive the the redrawing of the maps, and here you sit. And what what is your district number now? It's forty six. Forty six. Yeah. Um, and you you kind of described uh, for our local folks um, uh, where it is, uh, but uh, yeah, it's basically North Columbia. Correct. Yeah. North Columbia, uh, all the way kind of northwest, all the way to northeast. It doesn't pick up the Columbia Mall. I mean, that's west, but it does, you know, Valley wow. Subdivision. But then it goes east all the way through, you know, you're talking about Blue Ridge, um, 
all of those areas up there, um, Northeast Columbia, Clark Lane, but it, it encompasses, but it's kind of weird out there on the Northeast because it, it encompasses battle high school, but really not the area around it. Right. Which was interesting because, you know, some, sometimes what we do is um, we'll send letters and uh, congratulatory notes to the students who graduate and Sri Tolson Reich battle had been in her district. And last year we were both preparing to send things out and, we said we had to have a meeting of the mind and say, wait a minute, whose district is battle in? <laughs> we had to kind of, on the house floor, we were literally like looking at the, pulling up the map and looking at it to mm-hmm. figure out it ultimately was in mine. Um, but it was just drawn in a strange way that it's like basically it encompasses mine. But I think a lot of the people who go there live in her district. So it's the redistricting is always a funny process. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there have been efforts over the past several years to kind of change that process. And then there was a that got approved and then a process that undid that process got approved. And so now it's kind of back to politicians draw it. And so, um, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, I know it is, you know, ultimately you've seen um, at least in like, say, Boone County and Green County down near where I'm from. Uh, you've seen the maps, in my opinion, the maps are drawn a little more evenly. Um, and you've seen some more competitive races. Um, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know like we picked up seats. I mean, there was always two uh, Democratic reps in Boone, but after right. this, four, uh, and in Green County, I think they picked up three Democratic seats down there. Yeah, there had been uh, there'd been two. Now there's three. And I think three out of the five uh, seats that represent Springfield are held by Democrats, which has not happened since the 90s. Um, Hard to believe. I I wouldn't I wouldn't expect something like that. But they say there'll be a fourth. Oh, I think think it came very close. There was uh, there was another seat um, that had been kind of drawn in a competitive way. And I think the difference between. And the Republican won, and I want to say her name was Stinnett, Representative Stinnett. Is that right? Um, That's it, that might be who ran against her. There was a difference of like three to four hundred votes um, between who won and who lost. So that's another competitive seat. So it could have been, you know, you could have had four uh, if things had went differently in Springfield. I mean, I could talk about Springfield politics all day. Not that anyone would want to listen. <laughs> But uh, so you um, so you go through all this, and I kind of wonder. You said you were interested. You were you were planning on running. You were looking at running. And what yeah. is? I mean, you're you're a lawyer by uh, by your trade and by your education. Um, <clears throat> you you have a you have had success in that in that field. Um, that's what, arguable. What's that? I said that's arguable. There you go ahead. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, as a, as a lawyer myself, you know, success is. Uh, often kind of defined in in, in funny ways. Uh, <laughs> it, it, what what uh, what drew you to this? Why did you want to? Why did you want to? Why did you want to go into uh, the legislature? You know, I've always been interested in politics. Um, you know, when I was in law school, I actually ran for class president. I went to Tulane Law School, in New Orleans. I went to Mizzou, but I, you know, I was always excited uh, by it, and I even learned lessons in that process that helped me down the road. Um, sure. So I, and I got involved in some campaigns, uh, some community work here in Columbia, you know, I would go to city council meetings, that type of thing. So I was always interested in it and I wanted to do it. It was just a matter of 
you know how it is. It's, it's hard to find an opening and it's yeah. hard to find in um, because you got to have the right seat. I mean, for example, had um, the seat came open, I was living somewhere else. I wouldn't be able to do it. Right. So I was fortunate right. the seat where I was living now. I, I could have run maybe some for another seat if that one came open at some point. But um, you just got to find a way in and financially you have to be in a position to be able to do it. Um, yeah. And for many years, you know, I was building this law firm, getting it off the ground. And it's hard to just step away from that. Not that it's easy now, but it's okay. easier to be able to do it because we're somewhat established and I can, you know, there's, I, I'm, a, you know, it, it lends itself to me being able to do this. Uh, whereas, like I said, if you're, I just had a lot more responsibilities and it was a lot more difficult to do that before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Timing, <clears throat> timing, like a lot of success is, is, is more of a, factor than I think most people when they look at politics realize. I mean, I you hear people say like, why doesn't so-and-so run? Why doesn't this person right. run? It's like, well, is there an opportunity? Does it make sense at the time? Is the is the um atmosphere right for that kind of candidate? Um right. It it is it is it is um it's a weird chemistry that goes into all of that. Um and then yeah and again you know I when I ran I ran twice for state rep back in Springfield. I was a lawyer. Uh, I found it was a lot easier to be a lawyer and to run. Uh, it wasn't like I, w I had a job where I was like chained to a desk eight to five. Yes. Because uh, I mean, and I think that's why you see a lot of people who don't work and run, which I don't even know. I don't even know how people do that, honestly. Right. Um, right. Like I know people who have, and I just, it would cause me, I mean, I'm one of these people who I've been broke. <laughs> I don't sure. like being broke. Um, and I don't like the, I, and it just makes me anxious. And I think, you know, you it's so anxious inducing anyway to run for office because you're literally putting your name out there to be judged by these people. Right. That you, a lot of people you don't know, um, which is tough. Yeah. And that was, I, you know, there was anxiety about that. I remember having to make the decision, you know, like I said, praying about it, taking a long weekend, talking to friends and family. Yeah. Because once you're had in the ring, I mean, there's no turning back. I mean, once oh. you say you're open to scrutiny, you're open to all kinds of things. And so there is kind of trepidation surrounding that. And uh, to actually go out there and say, okay, I'm doing this. And then it just, everything opens up. So, um, but it's exciting and, you know, you get you yeah. used to it. Yeah, I mean, there is there is something, I mean, like, you know, like it, it is, I mean, you have to, you have to kind of, I mean, at least the way I see it is, you know, you, you have to accept the fact that, yeah, you're going to be scrutinized, you're going to be criticized, um, sometimes fairly, sometimes unfairly. But then ultimately, you know, you know, you know, you think about like this, the magnitude of what you're doing and, you know, you are essentially going into a position where you're managing, uh, you know, unusual years, it can be a $30 billion budget. But I think right now we're talking about $45, $50 billion budget for the state um, and dealing with all these like kind of, I mean, for some people, life and death issues. Sure. Uh, not every issue, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, you know, like, like right now um, I'm going to be spending all my day getting ready and I'm going to kind of have to timestamp this, um, this conversation a little bit because there's some um, anti-solar legislation that's being heard by the house on Wednesday before the house utility committee. 
that I just found out about Friday afternoon at like four o'clock. And, right. you know, and that's big because, um, you know, if that law passes, um, the solar industry gets wiped out. That means all the people that work in the solar industry don't have a job. All the people that have put uh, a lot of their nest egg or put a lot of money into putting solar on their um, on their roof, uh, they lose out on that investment. And, um, <clears throat> you know, that's not even like one of the major bills. No one right. even talks about that bill. <laughs> but it's definitely for the people it affects. And that's the issue. Yeah. I mean, every bill really has a tremendous impact on an individual's life. And as you mentioned, maybe people didn't hear about that. But right. to those people in that industry, it's everything, right? It's life or death. And yep. you've got to have competent people to make those decisions and to be able to do the right thing. So, yeah, so I agree. I mean, I think the vetting's fair. I, I don't mind the vetting. I, I think it's important. Yeah. I'd want to be vetted if they were going to run. Um, I'd want to hear what they had to say. I'd want to ask them questions. Uh, because, you know, once they're in there, they're in there for a while, at least in the house yeah. a couple of years. But you want to make sure that you have someone that uh, has some degree of common sense and you want to know the trajectory of their their political views. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, because it is, because it is, you know, because it is, you, you get to like kind of know a little bit about a lot um, of, of, of subjects to do it. Uh, I mean, I, you know, when you're, you're a state rep, I mean, how many, I kind of, I want to kind of get into the mechanics of this a little bit. How many committees are you on? So I'm on several, you know, I'm on the judiciary committee, yeah. which has a a lot of like criminal laws and that type of thing, civil laws, civil civil litigation laws. So I'm in judiciary, I'm on elections. So a lot of the bills dealing with, you know, initiative petition reform and photo ID, and all of those are going to come through the elections committee for the most part. I'm on emerging issues, which, you know, we see a lot of issues like, you know, catalytic converter issues and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I'm also one of the administrative rules committees. And what that is, is that, every, you know, once a bill is voted out of committee and has to go to one more committee for another vote. Right. And they've created three, but there's basically two, I mean, two main ones. And so I'm on the ministry of rules, which I love it because half of the bills then come through my committee. So I get to see and vote on half of the bills before they go to the floor. And that's a quick committee. But you go in, you're in and out. They're saying, hey, we're taking up these six, but you get to see them and you get to vote. Um, and it's interesting because if you, even if you don't have the votes to stop something, the fact you voted no, once you get to the House floor, people will come to you, why did you vote no? Right. Um, as opposed to if you, just, if you just sign off on everything that comes through, when it gets to the House floor, people just sign off because they'll look to see the vote that it came out of committee. So I love that committee because even if I'm not sitting on a committee where the bill initi uh, initiated originally, it will come through that committee and I'll get to see it. I'm also on Joint Committee of Administrative Rules, which deals with... JCAR. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A car and that's that's a bipartisan committee um and it's we it also has members from the senate uh and the house so it's an interesting committee dealing with regulations and and whatnot um and then also i've i've been appointed to ethics committee recently oh that's a that's a hot one right now but i can't talk to you about why <laughs> yeah we're not allowed to talk about ethics yeah uh, well yeah you did mention something interesting, which I mean, um, and I, I'll, I'll talk to you about it since you, you brought it up. Um, you know, we, you know, like we're we're going to be, you know, doing a lot of uh, work this week to educate our supporters about the House Utilities Committee and the legislation they're hearing. And that is, you know, that's a substance based committee. And I and I always and I think people are always surprised when they hear 
that there is a different, there is an extra step. Um, now I always kind of call like the oversight and the administrative rules hearing kind of more of a procedural. Are you kind of sure. checking to make sure that the, the laws are written correctly? Is it just an extra stop guard? How would you describe that committee that you're on that's uh, yeah to these bills? So it's I, the purpose of it is supposed to be uh, one more set of eyes. So the yeah. idea is say you have a runaway committee that's just passing ridiculous legislation and someone else needs to check it. That's really the purpose is a, a, a check and balance to say, hey, let me let me look at this and see if this is uh, legitimate. Um, but it's very quick. We don't spend a lot of time debating, so we don't even really debate those bills right. when they we vote yes or no. So you go into that committee. It's not like we have anyone testifying and right. we may ask questions. If we're unsure about something. But generally, it's you get in there. They'll say, OK, you know, 1541 up or down and you just kind of go through and right. then just just vote. And so. And if it's something we don't like, you're just going to vote against it. And if we like, you know, but you're right. I mean, if it's something that there's a procedural problem, we can vote against it. It could be if we're we just don't like the bill, we will vote against it. Right. And I've never quite figured out because, I mean, you, you, you said there's three, but there's I've never really quite figured out. Why a bill gets assigned to one or the other. I'm sure there is a process for that. Is there a process for that or is it kind of. Uh, it's not too much. Um, and there used to be just two, but then last session added a third. I think it was to bypass. I think the Republicans were trying to get something through last time. And I think <laughs> like, they wanted a uh, end around so yeah. they can certain committee where they knew they were going to get a bill out. Uh, but I don't think a lot, I don't think it's evenly divided by a third, third, third. I think the bulk of these bills are going to the, the top two. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's another thing that surprises people. I, I actually saw today that like, uh, there's going to be a new education reform committee that just got, uh, selected and it's kind of, yeah, I don't think people realize like these committees get set up to help certain laws pass. These <laughs> are stacked with people that they know they're going to move the committee and, yeah, you know, there's a problem. If someone has a problem getting it, you know, built through a committee, they'll want to get, send it to another committee. Um, there's politicking at every single step in that building. Yes. Um, which is, which, which I mean, you know, is, is very, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's purposeful. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, even though I always tell, I always kind of, when, whenever like private businesses or individuals I'm talking to about the environment, the legislative environment in Missouri, you know, always, you know, the house is a lot more active um, the House is very active, it seems to me, um, compared to the Senate, um, which is, I mean, I think it's generous to say is currently dysfunctional. Right, right. Because uh, just, just what's that? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it, it's there's a lot of chaos over there. Um, yeah. I mean, and last I was talking to one of the senators. I was in. I went to an event, this MLK MLK celebration event uh, over the weekend, and one of the state senators was there we were talking about it and he just meant telling us how or telling me that you know like last week they didn't even get to the journal it was like a filibuster right out of the box this new freedom caucus yeah with a bunch of people who you know i think it's safe say politically on the far right have yep. formed their own and so are we gonna get anything done um i you know i was talking to the chamber of commerce that you know one thing i said and I, I i believe this i think we have to be careful though to say that hey nothing's going to get done because i think it it almost provides a cover for laziness not I, i'm not saying our 
easy. But if you go in and say, well, nothing can get done, then you don't try as hard. So I have a position of, you know, like in the business world, you know, I own a business. We can't go in with that attitude. Now, we can't be naive about it. And we know that, as you mentioned, it's, it is chaos and there's all kinds of problems. There's new Freedom Caucus and everyone's running for office right now. That's the problem. You've got so many people yeah. running. And typically what happens is they just fight for their issues to get elected. They're not going to compromise. They dig in. And so you have a lot of these extreme positions and it just creates, it creates gridlock and filibuster. Um, but with that being said, I hopefully I think we can get through the mire and do something. But that's kind of the tenor right now is that, hey, everyone's running for office. There's this new Freedom Caucus thing in place. They're already like filibustering, you know, the first week um, is what is going to get done. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it, I mean, because in the Senate, you know, I was talking about there's these House committee assignments and this anti these anti solar bills got a, a, a assigned and scheduled for a hearing already. But in the Senate, they haven't even assigned bills to committees yet. Right. 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 Because of this filibuster. And then even that was controversial when they shut down the filibuster and they, they, they ended and people got upset. And I'm, you know, somebody told me Friday that like, well, they're just going to filibuster today and maybe all week. And I was like, well, that sounds like a problem, but yeah, you know, but I, I think you're, I mean, even for someone like me who isn't in, you know, who doesn't have, um, you know, a, a, a legislative role there, but like as someone who, spends time there who educates lawmakers who does lobbying we support and oppose bills yes um it is easy to say oh yeah nothing's going to happen but i think you know there's a lot of bad bills that could do a lot of damage uh, to uh, a growing industry in the state and i can't just say like oh i'm not going to take that seriously right you got to take everything seriously absolutely uh, and because you never know, because like the other thing too is like there's going to be some things that pass, even yes. if it's not a lot of stuff that passes. And so then you have a situation where you know you have one bill that kind of gets a lot of other subjects glommed onto it. Yes, yes. And, and that's yeah, we call yeah. those on the bus bills, or sometimes we call them Christmas tree bills, or whatever you want to call them. Sure. Uh, um, and so then you you guys want to make sure that like you have your say and if you want something on you want something to pass you got to really work hard for it and if you really don't want something to pass you got to really hard work hard against it and um yeah it's um it's uh it's stressful <laughs> it is and you know you mentioned um uh closer to the beginning about what it's like down there and yeah. what what I, a lot of people realize is oh everything is not everything, but a lot of things is kind of like flying by the seat of your pants. And what I mean is uh, some bills, they're kind of marching through. You have an idea of when they're coming up, where they're coming up, and you can kind of track them and get ready for your debate or whatever. Um, right. But a lot of bills, it's not like that. And as you mentioned, you know, things come on like, you know, kind of Christmas trees. So basically that means that they're getting, t there's one big bill and everyone tax on their amendments to it. Yeah. Or there's this giant omnibus bill that has, you know, a hundred things on it. And people don't know what's in those and right. sometimes they about thorough debate. So this case in point, I was on an important phone call outside the house chamber and um, my, one of my, you know, colleagues, Meredith, who's great and really an asset. He does great things. Peter Meredith came to me and said, David, yeah. there are 
they just tacked on an amendment on an omnibus voting bill. He knows those elections get out here and um, take this take the sponsor on. And we didn't know it was coming. I mean, we didn't know that that amendment was going to be added to this an omnibus voting bill amendment, uh, which means that you know you can have a regular bill read and someone can write before session. I mean, right before. Uh, session starts they or not session but for the day you start for the day they file an amendment and tack something else on a major piece of legislation so i got to the microphone and kind of went through this with her vetted it with her publicly but a lot of things are not vetted and that's the problem i mean you, especially near the end of session you know we usually have someone standing by the microphone at all times and you can't afford and you know you're there for hours and so you may have to make a call you may have to run out to grab something and come back because you know you could be out standing there for 12 hours but um you really have to have someone on guard all the time because amendments will get thrown on and they a lot of times they don't even talk about them. You know, the, the major, so just to give you an idea, I believe it was last year or the year before when the, that major omnibus voting provision came through, that was embedded uh, thoroughly. Um, even Republicans didn't know what was on that, that required you know, photo IDs with an expiration date, all yeah. of the stuff that made massive changes um, to the law they just like threw that out there and they only allowed, I think less than an hour debate and then shut it down and sent everyone home. And people wow. didn't know. In it. And I read, you know, some of my Republican colleagues were, you know, quoted in the paper saying, Hey, we, we didn't even know it was in this. So that's what I don't think the citizens realize is that there's so many things that are jammed through there. Sometimes at the last minute and intentionally, yeah. and people don't know what's in it until it actually comes out. So you have to be very vigilant and you really can't, uh, kind of check out at all you always have to be on and waiting to see what's coming because you, you never know what they're going to bring through that through the chamber and that's five and a half months every year yes <laughs> you know it's a long <clears throat> you know it's a long session uh you're there most of the week um you know i guess you are one of the quote-unquote lucky ones where you can drive right you to work uh but i mean there are some people who are like if you're in the boot heel and you're a state rep, right. I have no idea how you do that. Right, right, right. You're up here and you're here and you're not going home. And not only yeah. that, but everybody's schedules, they know when the reps are going to be there. So that's when everyone schedules events, forums, receptions. So you're not going to go and, you know, um, go to session and then go to your committees and think you're going home. I mean, you're going to have, a, there's going to be some type of reception with, you know, people you want to hear from. And so you're going to go to that usually after that or some other type of meeting so they know you're there so they schedule everything there so they're i mean you're you're grinding pretty good i mean it's it's yeah. it's all day into the evening yeah it is uh it it seems you know as someone who's kind of on the outside of it 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 seems chaotic it seems stressful it seems um i mean i guess you know i i wonder i mean is it do you think it's productive Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, first of all, it's thrilling in there. I mean, it is, it is an yeah. exciting, you know, I personally, I love it. And I love to be able to address issues. I love on committee to be able to talk to a bill sponsor or people who are testifying about it and kind of drill down to this, to the subject they're presenting and really get to the, uh, the bones of it and see if this is really good legislation or not and be able to ask the hard questions. And I love being on the house floor and inquiring of other representatives. So, you know, you actually have a voice in the process. And that's what I love about it. That you, There's something magical about having every representative from all over the state under one roof at the same time. Yeah. And 
you know, a bill comes up, and so you have all these perspectives, Joplin, St. Louis, Kansas City, you know, Macon, Columbia, and um, not everyone weighs in on everything all the time, but to have all these perspectives and to be able to go at somebody and say, hey, look, what about this? And don't you think this is wrong? And and to be able to actually have a say in that, and I think there's power in that, to speak to that. So you're not just reading about it, you're actually speaking directly to the individual who's trying to get this thing through. Um, and it's it's thrilling. I love it. And, you know, there's an adrenaline rush. Yeah. Um, even when we go late. So, like, we're in committee to 11 p.m. I love it. I, I, I actually am disappointed when I have to go home. Um, it, it's <laughs> I that weird, but it, it's fun. And, um, you know, to have a hands-on approach to deal with the issues. Uh, I love it. I love the activity. And, there's you know, there's always something going on in the rotunda. So, you know, you'll yeah. hear music. You know, one time it was really interesting. Um, we were on the house floor, and I'm sure we were having an ugly debate about something. And session was over, and we walk out, and there's students playing like classical music. And I don't know what it was, or but it was, it was very beautiful. And everyone, Democrats, Republicans, they all because we're up at the third floor, we just all kind of went to the like you know the big, it's sort of the balcony thing, if you will, and look, we look down, and we didn't talk to each other. But we're listening to this beautiful music kind of wafting up to us. And we're looking down and listening to that. And we all were doing it together. It's like we were exhausted. We were tired. But everyone just felt the need to stop and listen. And all these people around were like almost in harmony together. No one said anything to anybody. And we waited for them to finish. And then everyone just left. But I never there's something very beautiful and serene about that. Like we're all here. We're fighting. But yet we everyone paused to hear this beauty. Um, maybe to soothe us after that long uh, <laughs> session in there. So, um, yeah, it's an exciting place. Like I said, you always, there's rallies going on all the time. So you yeah. hear people shouting and yelling. Um, it, it's it's a fun building. I think people, yeah, I mean, when you're there in session, I mean, I certainly feel that electricity. Um, you feel it. Like, and people are like, you know, if they're, especially if they don't see it very often, they find it a little exciting. Um, yeah. People are running around and people are... Right. You know, there's a sense of important work going on there, and um, it is important. And I think it is also, yeah, it is also, I mean, you talk about that shared, that really, that's a lovely story, that shared experience. It is, I mean, that, that should be what the whole process is like. Should be. Right. Right. We're working together and, and eating together. And you know, it's funny, you know, I, me and uh, there's a rep, Benny Cook, we didn't do this last year, but we did it the year before. We did a me and a couple of the reps sponsored this breakfast, kind of a bipartisan breakfast. It was just making like muffins and donuts, but just yeah. to bring together. And I think that's important because even when you go into the back of the house lounge, like there's a, there's a floor and there's a, it's, they call it a lounge. It's more just some tables back there, but yeah. uh, but the Democrats are on one side and the Republicans are on the other and people eat separately. Not all the time. Sometimes we have joint meals and there's food out, but oftentimes like, you know, and it creates, it creates contention sometimes. So say you're there till like 10 or 11 and the Republicans may get food and you don't, at least not yet. Or you don't know. If you're, and so you go back in the back, you're hungry and they're all eating or vice versa. The Democrats <laughs> and the Republicans aren't and they're hungry and they see us and like, why don't we just I don't understand how difficult. Why would it be so difficult for us to just put our pool, our money together and everyone eat together all the time? Why do we have to have you know, Republicans? They're having lasagna. Democrats, are, you know, just put it all in one long. T- and we do that sometimes. That's not yeah. it happens. But do that more frequently because I think it it would uh, build com- camaraderie and uh, kind of a shared sense of purpose. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like it is, you know, you know, you even hear people like talk about there being Republican restaurants and Democratic restaurants in Jefferson City. And uh, it does feel sometimes a little tribal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the, that's the key is to, you know, to cross those lines, because one is a Democrat. You're not passing legislation unless you have Republican friends. You're right. just not. So if you go down there and I mean, some people take the tack. I'm just going to like shout from the bullhorn the whole time. And just to make my point, that's fine, but you're not getting anything passed. And there's a place for that. I'm not saying that's not that's not a niche to have. But right. if you want to get something done, if you, you're going to have to have Republican friends, and you're going to have to work with people because even if, even to get your amendment on, because you know yeah. I've tacked on, but you have to get their approval. Otherwise, the Republican will say, "Hey, you know, don't vote this on." So right. have to you have to have those relationships. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, right now you there is still a, a super majority of Republicans in both chambers, and uh, you know if yeah, I mean, and it 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 does um, well that changes the dynamic of your work. Sure, sure, right? yeah, and just powwow with your group. I mean, you you have to you have to cross party lines, and it's okay. I mean, I I have you know, that's one of the things I've done. I've come in really with the purpose of being a bridge builder. Mm-hmm. Um, I have good relationships. I go to lunch with Republicans sometimes, uh, and I might be the only Democrat. But then when a bill comes up, they were, you know, they, even if they didn't support it outright, they wouldn't like, you know, burn it or yeah. just like torpedo it. I mean, on purpose. Uh, and I've been able to get amendments on, you know, one of the past uh, Women Veterans Appreciation Day that got on a Republican bill, but I had to have, you know, those relationships to get that through. Uh, or even getting money to, you know, like a local group here in Columbia. So there's, you know, I had another amendment dealing with police review boards that got passed out of the house, but you have to have Republicans that are on board that will support it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a tough job. Uh, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you're doing it. Um, as we wrap up, if anyone wants to learn more about you, David representative, what, what, uh, where can they go? What, 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 where can they learn more about you? So they, I have a website, davidtysonsmith.com. Um, we use that for campaigning, but also just a house website, a house.mo.gov. There's a member profile there, um, but that has a lot of my, that has kind of a basic bio, but I think davidtysonsmith.com will have issues and, and that type of thing. Maybe some, uh, maybe, maybe a video or two of me speaking, that type of thing. Yeah, great. Uh, and uh, you, yeah. And um, so I guess, how many more terms do you have? That's a million dollar question. It's kind of funny because I came in at a special. So yeah. the question is, it's funny, the freshmen, you know, I, I came in thinking I was with the one group of freshmen that just come in, but then the next group thinks I belong to them because I kind of came in the middle. I came in um, like the last two weeks of a session about three years ago. So it'll be, it'll be, I think 21. So it'll be three years this May. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So I think I think I'm losing a year because of when I came in, mm, so I right. may have more terms. I think I think maybe 26 is maybe the last time I can run. I don't think I can run 28. I think I can run 24. I think I can run 26, and I think that's it. I see. Well, a lot more to do, <laughs> and I I, I just want to say uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for your insight. Thanks for sharing that with our listeners. And thank you. And thank you for all the work you do in the community. I know you're highly respected. You do a really good job. One thing about you, James, you're very thorough. And I, I appreciate that and respect that, that you really, you care about your work and, and you're definitely an influencer. So 
I appreciate all you do for the community and, and, and all of those things. Well, well, thank you. I'll make sure our donors hear that part. <laughs> but no, thank you. I, it means a lot coming from you. And um, I'm glad you like the reviews as well that I do. I do. They're great. They're great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, and I want to thank all of you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on all major platforms. Leave a review and share on your social medias as well. On behalf of Renew Gurus and on behalf of Renew Missouri, I want to thank you for listening. Have a great day and an even more pleasant tomorrow. Take care.